When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Blockhash Exploring the Blockchain, episode 371. Today, we have the team from Composable here, the CEO Omar and COO Ahmed here to talk about Composable as well as how they are helping extend the IBC protocol over to the Ethereum blockchain and what that actually means for people and the ecosystem. Guys, welcome to the show. Super happy to have you here and uh, get to know you guys and Composable and what you're doing. How are you guys doing? Thanks for having us. Doing Likewise. Great. Before we uh, dive into Composable and uh, start talking about things, would love to kind of get to know each of you individually, um, you know, what your backstory is, you know, what have you done within the Web3 space and, you know, kind of your journey here uh, to working with Composable, whoever wants to go first. Yeah, so um, my background is, um, I've been in crypto since 2012, 2013. Um, <clears throat> did a lot of different things, like actually being a user in the space, um, you know, interacting with early DeFi protocols, helping to write some white papers in the ecosystem. Um, became a big fan of uh, Polygon and the different applications it enabled for Decentraland, and then eventually uh, got really interested in Ethereum scaling. Uh, with like Arbitrum and Optimism, you know, coming into the fold, started Composable because it was really hard to do things across all these different chains at the same time. And so was keen to sort of introduce a framework that allowed for chain agnostic execution. Um, and that would make this easier and more secure for people. Um, and so now we're sort of down the rabbit hole of IBC because when we started building this type of infrastructure, we realized that actually this doesn't exist for, you know, secure bridging doesn't actually exist. Um, and so that's kind of now the first piece of the problem that we're trying to solve and, and looking to solve like the broader chain agnostic execution problem building on top of the, the foundation that IBC provides us with. Um, so my background is actually um, in management consulting. So I worked um for a long time in the corporate world, uh, basically advising uh, big organizations of different sorts around strategy, business plans, and operations. Uh, but the way I got into the space was, uh, you know, my interest in the space it was sparked by essentially the collapse of the financial and banking sector in my home country in Lebanon. Um, so, you know, I saw a lot of pain surrounding that experience, people losing their livelihoods, their life savings, their pensions, their retirement plans. Um, and I think a common denominator for all of these experiences were centralized entities in one form or the other. 
you know, be it the banks that held custody of user deposits across an entire nation and never gave it back or, you know, central bank reckless policies around um, um, around the currency in general, right? And I think that just um, led me down a rabbit hole of what is money in the first place and over time really started to understand the importance of decentralization specifically with respect to to how we handle money. Um, and I think, you know, as I dove deeper and deeper, I realized that uh, for the space to grow, um, the two key challenges that it needed to face were accessibility from one end and then interoperability from another, right? So accessibility from a user perspective and making the experience as seamless as possible for um, more and more people to tap into it and their interoperability in the sense um, that, you know, whereas different chains are racing to, to amass users, eventually them speaking to each other and creating those lines of communication would be important. And that's, um, you know, Composable was addressing both of these at the same time, and that really sparked my interest. And um, that's how I got here. Awesome. So how are you guys addressing some of these things with Composable? Like, what is it exactly, like, if you could boil it down, um, you know, what are you guys trying to accomplish? Yeah, so I think, like, the reality is one blockchain, like, financial um, applications do tons of volume per day. We know this, like, with stocks, bonds, like, options, etc. And for us to, like, take, a lot of people think that we can just throw these applications and it'll just work on chain and the reality is like that's just not a thing um we're not able to like one blockchain will not be able to sustain all of these different um you know products and users and and transactions and so my belief has always been this is going to be spread out across a variety of different uh roll-ups blockchains you know L3s, you name it, um, but actually traversing these these things and doing these things across these different ecosystems is a pain, right? Just even using, you know, any SVM like Solana versus like an EVM protocol, like it's um, Phantom Wallet was sort of like the first person to, to make this not a horrible user experience, um, but that's kind of almost not really enough. And for large scale applications that do need this type of throughput um, across multiple different chains to solve to to serve multiple different user bases, there still remains to be this fabric that allows for this chain agnostic execution. Um, and Composable is trying to do this in a sort of three layered approach. The first layer is IBC, so we believe IBC will be the TCP/IP for blockchains and decentralized systems overall. Um, the second is a sort of DSL for Intense, which is called um, Composable VM, which allows for people to express what they want to do on different blockchains and have this execution be kind of execution environment agnostic. And then the sort of the top layer that we have is, is decentralized block building. So we believe that at some point there will be a framework in which you know, thousands of rollups are actually trying to outsource their mempools to somebody who can potentially come up with matches, right? So like someone over here wants to do something that's the opposite of someone over there. You never know that unless you sent it to some sort of decentralized block builder. There are people trying to do 
similar things like Suave, but I think we believe that there's a lot of value to be extracted back to the user um, by through cross-chain MEV and and like other kind of um, arbitrage and, and whatnot. And so now like if you can just nestle all this stuff into a single API interface and give this to wallets, give this to Robinhood, et cetera, essentially what you have is a dark pool made up of different chains that allows users to get paid for their order flow. And, and this is what we sort of need to sustain like the Robinhood like growth for, for crypto. Interesting. Is this something that has just been lacking completely within the ecosystem, or at least on Cosmos? Um, or is there other competition that's had, kind of like try to do it? Or you know, what maybe separates you guys if there is competition too? Yeah. So, I mean, I guess at different layers of the stack, we have different competitors, right? Like um, um, IBC, we have you know, folks like Polymer um, who are doing IBC cross ecosystem as well. Um, you know, there's also the trusted bridges like Layer Zero, Axelar, Wormhole, et cetera. Like we know who all those people are. Um, the you know the second layer of the stack, there's various DSLs being put out there for for intents, like uh, one through Brink, like called Brink Trading. Uh, sorry, um, that's like kind of one example. We're actually looking to work with them on a couple of things. There's a uh, Intent Essential doing a DSL, like a bunch of people are doing DSLs, Anoma as well. Um, and then sort of the top layer is, is Suave. So like Flashbots looking to build full blocks for different ecosystems. The difference is, is I don't actually think that these things can exist separately. I think they all need to interact together. And Composable's ethos is like, this is all vertically integrated. Like we don't have to plug in different things to for different just one API, um, right? And that's like that's how we that's what we want to offer to people like Robinhood, etc. Do you have any partners similar to Robinhood at the moment that you're kind of working with to kind of like test these out, build out these APIs, and kind of show that there's a bit of a use case there, or are you guys still very early? Yeah, so I think that like the first thing, so IBC we extended outside of Cosmos to. So to the Polkadot ecosystem, next is Ethereum, right? Mm -hmm. So now when we have Ethereum, we can launch the first version of kind of the top two layers that we call Mantis, um, which lets people be able to move funds, you know, to start on Ethereum, say they want to do something, and then it gets executed across either the Cosmos, Polkadot, or Ethereum ecosystems. Um, so that's going to be like the first kind of th interface that people can submit a simple string to, and have these things happen across different ecosystems. Um, we then want to take, even, even without the sort of upper level pieces of the stack in production yet, we want to then sort of take these things and work with folks like WorldCoin who are actually trying to, um, you know, target the types of users that we care about, which is sort of people, people in the emerging market who don't really care about what they you know, what yield is on swell ETH, you know, on any given day, they just, they just want yield. Um, so I think, you know, we're going to start mostly with the crypto native folks. And then I think over time, we want to, we would like to work with people like neobanks and, and others who do want to just API into essentially all of DeFi. Um, I want to talk about the, um, you guys extending IBC to 
Ethereum and Ethereum's network. But before doing that, it's probably also helpful to cover, you know, what the IPC protocol is. Um, you know, for people out there that maybe aren't familiar with it in the Cosmos ecosystem, what is the IBC protocol and why is it such a big deal? Why is it so beneficial? Anytime you read any of these sort of overview of bridges, um, things from people like LiFi or, or others um, that pr put out pretty good research about this stuff, there's like different types of bridges. There's like optimistic bridges, like across that sort of just bond some amount of, of tokens. And, and then like, if your bridge is successful, the bond is like removed. Um, that's similar to that, to, uh, to hop as well. They, they sort of do that as well. Then you have synapse, which is like a liquidity based bridge where you need to um, mint NUSD and swap it uh, to be able to move from place to place. Then you have layer zero, which is essentially a two out of two multi-sig that controls, um, you know, similar things like via Stargate. Um, and then you have Axelar and Wormhole, which are chains that are dedicated, that have sort of like a trusted set of validators that do um, trusted bridging. So like their validator set controls whether or not you can bridge. That's and your funds, essentially. Uh, and then you have, uh, you know, IBC, which is like-client-based verification, which essentially means you have consensus proofs on both blockchains. And then you have like-clients of sort of chain B on chain A and chain A on chain B. And these like-clients verify each other's consensus proofs. And if verification is met on both sides, then your assets can flow through this IBC channel. Why is that so important? Because, you know, the only, essentially like there's no, the only way that user funds could ever get rugged in this perspective is through one of the chains getting compromised. Um, so like 51% attack on Ethereum or 51% attack on Solana, then we don't have IBC working anymore. But obviously 51% attack is a pretty, um, rare occurrence, but like we could see more of those in the next couple of years. So we're not saying IBC is perfect, but definitely um, if there ever is a hack of the IBC protocol, it's going to be because there was a 51% attack, not because validators ran, ran away with money or, or because like a liquidity pool was drained or, or some other sort of variation of bridge that relies on centralized third parties. Right. That that's always the concern I think within the industry is, you know, will there ever be a 51% attack on a chain, especially a very large one like Solana, like Ethereum, like in Cosmos. I mean, who knows? Maybe one day. Um, but I don't think at least in my recent memory it's actually truly happened, but you know, it is a concern and something to to prepare for. I will uh, also add yeah. that there is at the same time, while there hasn't been that um, occurrence yet, trusted bridges in the last couple of years alone have been hacked for billions of dollars, right? So I think over the years, yeah. we saw Ronin, um, we saw Wormhole, we saw Nomad get hacked for hundreds of millions of dollars. And I think this further emphasizes the fact that connection between different blockchains has to be done in the most trust minimized way possible and out of all of the design options that exist today ibc is the most trust minimized right and that's why actually 
we for us to embark you know the first step to towards the realization of the broader vision of um of sort of the dark pools and the sort of the order flow narrative is to basically lay the foundation of uh, trusted connectivity between bridges so you can almost think of it as a means to an end but also the base upon which that we can build vertically um towards what uh, what omar is describing with uh, with the mantis and as well as the composable vm 100 agree i think as interoperability becomes even more important and paramount in the future um i yeah i think having those solutions in place will be critical like i've even been hacked using uh bridges in the past like i remember when the polygon bridge first came out and i wasn't the first one i think a lot of people ran into some trouble with that um you know it exploited wallets it exploited applications uh people using the websites it was uh not a very good way to launch that and i think a lot of bridges and a lot of chains have had a lot of problems and that's just the lack of interoperability in the space being really succinct um again which is why stuff like this is you know very important absolutely and then i think as a result of that we also saw uh, maximalism within chains really increase and then essentially users being stuck within the capabilities of their own chain and the apps building on their own chain right so this is where you start to see more and more polka dot maxis versus cosmos versus ethereum but the reality is i mean users would also be um foregoing all of the opportunity that exists elsewhere liquidity would be fragmented across different ecosystems uh, users as well will be fragmented across these different ecosystems and it's just not a sustainable model at all if this in this entire industry were to scale right so this is why this base layer of interoperability but specifically trust minimized interoperability just becomes really the most important uh, problem to solve for the entire space in my opinion so is this one of the main reasons that you guys want to extend ibc protocol to ethereum absolutely i think so Cosmos and Polkadot are sort of the big names in interoperability. So I think there's already an appetite there to connect with other ecosystems. But Ethereum is where the liquidity is and it's where the users are, right? And it's where also the blue chip DeFi protocols are. So eventually, really, uh, we could almost think of the Polkadot Cosmos connection as a proof of concept, um, as a necessary first step. Uh, you know, it has enabled a lot of interesting use cases uh, with these two ecosystems talking to each other securely for the first time. But we do believe that the more interesting use cases uh, moving forward are going to be bringing uh, these two blue chip assets that are DOT and Atom, for example, into uh, Ethereum DeFi protocols and also exploring bringing uh, established uh, stable coins, for example, from the Ethereum ecosystem into Polkadot and Cosmos, um, pairing these assets also, you know, you could imagine a liquid staked version of Atom paired with a liquid staked version of ETH and what kind of opportunities that could create. So I think um, really going to Ethereum is, is, is going to where the users are, to where the liquidity is and where the um, big applications are. And that's why we're really excited about it. What are some of the benefits for users in this situation, integrating IBC to Ethereum in this kind of way? Like what could people expect to see as a result of this? Yeah, I mean, so I think the first thing is like um, DeFi sort of gets a new set of assets, right? So, 
you can trade different types of assets on different Ethereum DeFi, like, you know, Atom, DOT, ST Atom, Osmo can now make their way to like Curve, you know, Uniswap, SushiSwap. Um, I think there's like a lot of interest in yielding tokens. So like ST Atom as an asset is, is very cool. I think also Frax is a pretty, S Frax is a really bullish asset um, that gets 6% APY from T-bills. I think that getting bridged over to the Cosmos ecosystem and beyond is, is really interesting for people Cosmos ecosystem. Um, I also think that from a user perspective, um, DeFi Summer was sort of all about just new assets, new emissions, new use cases. So hopefully bringing in these assets for the first time into places like Aave, Compound, you know, places where you can get leverage on these assets um, in a way that's not accessible in Cosmos um, could spark some interest in, you know, new types of yielding opportunities. Um, so I think that's, for me, I think just creating new DeFi money Legos is the exciting part. Um, and then I think from there, like, you know, I would be really keen to see what, other protocols like Ribbon or, or Pendle um, start to sort of do with these new assets. Does this work just two ways between Ethereum and the Cosmos ecosystem? Or, you know, could Polkadot, for example, assets in that ecosystem also, you know, find their way over to Ethereum's ecosystem, given that you guys have connected IBC there? I'm just kind of curious if it works in you know, different ways. Yeah, yeah. So like to go from DOT to Ethereum, you just hop through our Cosmos connection and and you'll have dot on ethereum so yeah. and i think trying to for us i think one of the biggest focuses is getting these assets as collateral for die um die is like the base layer DeFi asset for like everything so i think having dot and adam to diversify the collateral base could could be very and I'll just add that it's not just dot and atom, right? So the way, with the way we think of our chains is basically a hub for this uh, cross ecosystem IBC activity. For so within Polkadot, we're connected to most parachains out there within Kusama as well. So there is a seamless flow uh, basically between parachains. So a parachain could basically move its own native token into Ethereum or into Cosmos. It doesn't just have to be dot through the relay chain and the same goes for any cosmos app chain out there uh, which we're because we are connected to most cosmos chains so in a way it's interoperability across these three ecosystems together um, and a flow of assets that are not just atom or dot but really any assets within these ecosystems do you guys also want to connect ibc to other chains as well other than just polka dot and ethereum is this like a a first step for you guys. Um, what does what your roadmap entail? Yeah, so the next is Solana. We're actually going to Breakpoint next week. Um, so Solana IBC has been in the works now for maybe like six months. Um, so we're hoping to have something in testnet pretty soon. Um, but this is our focus to for a mainnet launch after Ethereum mainnet. And then rollups, um, it's also something we've been doing quite a bit recently too. Uh, 
but yeah, so I think with Solana, Rollups, and Ethereum, and Cosmos, I think, you know, Polygon, BNB, and a few others are, sort of come to mind, but I'm hoping some of those things are a bit similar to Ethereum mainnet, so we don't have to redo all the work, but, but yeah. Awesome. And then with Solana, is that something that's going to happen, you know, relatively soon, like here in 2023 or uh, going into next year? I think most likely testnet, you know, before end of this year, okay. mainnet probably early, early, um, because we sort of, the way Solana works is like, we don't have state proofs available. So we have to actually build a bunch of gadgets on top of Solana that validators have to, that we need some sort of trust um, and, and validators actually using these gadgets to, to do these things. Um, I published a forum post about this on our research forum. Um, so yeah, I mean, like we're actually going to publish a paper and a test net and I think, you know, see what the feedback is like and, and then try to do mainnet Q1. Where's that paper published? Is it, uh, in the public record right now? Yeah. So uh, it's, it's actually not published yet. We're working on this with a professor at the university of Lisbon, but if you head over to research.composable.finance and you hit the interoperability category, um, we pub we co-authored a blog post about this, um, okay. maybe 20 days ago or so. Yeah. Where can people go if they want to know more about Composable and what you guys are doing? Um, do you guys have documentation somewhere? Should they just go to the website? Do you share it on social media? Where's the best place for them to consume information? Yeah, so we're at Composable Fin on Twitter. Join our Discord. Um, check out docs.composable.finance. Um, and yeah, I think those are basically the, the best, best resources for Composable. Do you guys have a community as well on Discord or Telegram or elsewhere? Yeah, so Discord and, and Telegram. So feel free to join in. We're actually next week launching an ambassador program um, to drive usage of the Ethereum testnet. And, um, you know, there's going to be a ton of cool activities like joining up in teams, like competing for rewards, etc. NFTs. So really hoping that you guys come and sort of be a part of it. Cool. How could people get in contact with you guys if they wanted to, um, you know, work with you, build with you, if they're a developer, software engineer, architect, or um, they're, they're another project, maybe they want to collaborate in some kind of way, build something together. What's the best way to get in touch? Yeah, best way, just DM me at BrainJar on BR, Brain, and then Jar uh, um, on Telegram or Twitter. So, yeah, Ahmed, what about you? If people want to get in contact with you, are you on socials? Yeah, definitely. So it will be at W-E-H-B-I-X. That's on Telegram and that's on Twitter as well. I think we have a few community members, uh, managers that are quite active on Discord as well. So if you want to jump in and essentially they can also route you to, um, to our marketing team, to our BD team, even our HR team, uh, if, if that's the interest, we have a jobs section on our website composable.finance that's another resource um but yeah always happy to talk to whoever um specifically you know chains that are looking to integrate with ivc specifically applications that are looking to go uh, cross chain or even um essentially integrate any of the 
Mantis functionality that allows users to submit intents and have them be executed across multiple chains. I think we spoke quite a bit about the whole uh, IBC narrative today. Um, for us, we're also excited about a future where you can just show up and specify what you want to do and have our essentially engine uh, route that intention into basically optimal execution in the most secure way, right? So um, with that, uh, I think there's a lot of interesting partnerships that can be created, uh, be it with order flow generators, um, such as wallets, for example, um, or consumers or also different players in the broader space, um, such as solvers and block builders. Um, so all of these are interesting conversations for us to have. Do reach out and um, happy to, to engage. It's been great having you guys on. Uh, it's been a really good episode. I've learned quite a bit about Composable. What are you guys doing in terms of um, IBC protocol, you know, moving that to or connecting it to Ethereum, Solana, other chains in the future, you know, what that's going to mean for users. I think this has been a lot of great information um, and great content for people that they'll be able to consume. So thank you guys for coming on and sharing today and making the time. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Likewise. We'll talk soon, guys.